Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks made from an acceptable social distance. Fantasy advice as key as washing your hands regularly and pundits who feel truly privileged to be back. First and foremost, to all of our listeners, whether you're a TFF pod veteran or rookie, we hope you and yours are safe and healthy in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Football, sports and fantasy podcasts rightly took a backseat during the outbreak, but we are now in a fortunate position to be able to resume some semblance of normal service. The Bundesliga's return will not be football as it's meant to be, but given the imperfect position facing both the league and the clubs, we are glad to be able to provide a bit of light relief with some premium Bundesliga fantasy content. So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 3, Match Day 26. And joining me, as ever, the show would not be complete without the fantasy football got himself Flo. Flo, I have missed you, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I missed you too, James. So it's been a while since we talked. And I have to say it's, it's better than it should be probably on, on my end. So I spent two months basically most of the time at home with my two boys and enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I have to say that. Uh, haven't had so much time with the kids like ever. So we have a garden that definitely helps. We were able to play football a lot. They were jumping on the trampolines. We were doing stuff. And yeah, had a good time. Read the uh, first three Harry Potter novels too. So uh, yeah, we had some time to spend because my wife basically works just as before the crisis. And uh, unfortunately, I can't say that about myself. So not a lot of work as a guy who covers the Bundesliga for money uh, in the last uh, two months. That's just the sad truth. Oh, that's it. I think I think a lot in our profession have faced that philosophical question of what does a football or sports journalist do when there is no sports or football to, you know, be reported on. So yeah, no, I, I'm I'm sorry to hear that you have fallen on hard times like many of us has. Um, but it is nice to hear that you have uh, cherished the time that you spent with your kids. And yes, it's important to have a good way for them to burn off energy. I can only imagine what it's like with those two running around all day, every day. But we do now get to turn our attention back to the Bundesliga as it is returning. So given the fact that we may actually have a few new listeners today as well, some first timers perhaps looking to scratch that fantasy itch, what would you say is the key things really for those that may not be familiar with the fantasy game on Bundesliga.com? I think the most important thing is to be active on match days uh, if you really want to have a good result. Uh, second most important thing is to listen to our pod regularly, of course, James. I have to, <laughs> to plug it a bit and to know the rules. I mean, that's it may sound simple, but I was tagged on a discussion today on Twitter and there was some guy at least who didn't know that he could change the star man during the match day. So it's definitely important that you know what you can and cannot do. So as being able uh, to make substitutions during the match day is key to having success. Looking at the schedule and the different kickoff times uh, is also important because of that reason. I think it would be uh, a bit expanding to elaborate on that too much, James, but 
Uh, I think we recorded an episode. So for everyone who wants to get into the basics, I think we've done at the start of this season, James, or it's like, it seems like ages ago, but uh, I think we recorded a, a Fantasy 101. That's it. We did one at the beginning of last season, and I believe we did an updated version at the beginning of this season. So you are right. People can yeah. go back and look at that. Absolutely. That will be the way to go. Or uh, I think there's a the good community on Twitter. So if everyone, anyone has a question, feel free to, to tag me or, or James, and then uh, we'll work something out and, and help you with a question regarding how the fantasy game works. Well, I think it could be a, a good start to, to start right now and then shoot up the leaderboard next season because um, I have to break it to everyone who's starting now. You probably won't crown yourself champion at the end of the season with just nine match days left. No, unfortunately, uh, the stakes are a little too high. Uh, we do we do have yeah standards set by the earlier season. But the good news is actually, if anyone is joining the game now for the first time, they can still win prizes. So that you know there are match day prizes uh, at the end of each weekend. I think you can win signed balls and signed kits still uh, if you just win the match day. So yeah, I mean there's still stuff on offer. Um, but it is it's certainly a good way for you to maybe use the next my, nine weeks or nine match days i should say to experiment a little with the game figure out the ins and outs but yeah the spark notes versions if you are creating your team for the first time today you've got the 15 players we highly recommend picking 15 players that you can use throughout the weekend because as flo says there is rotation uh, from fixture to fixture and the star man is the captain essentially equivalent but you get one in each position and you can move that along as well throughout the weekend so there's so many points on offer and that is something that we have seen uh, a lot this season so before we really get started stuck into the revamped match day 26 fixture list and the joys of unlimited transfers uh, that we do have right now. Let's delve into a couple of listener questions uh, that were sent in on Twitter. And as Flo says, please do feel free to get in touch with us uh, whenever you'd like to. We'll be available, I'm sure, leading up to the weekend as well. But the first question, I'm going to start with a three-part question uh, from our good friend at Ignatius Brian L1 on Twitter. He asked Flo the first part of his three-part question. Is Hakimi worth getting with Dortmund facing Schalke, Wolfsburg and Bayern to come? Uh, I would say he's in consideration, but definitely not a must-have. And I haven't made a first try of my team um, with the unlimited transfers, but I've got the inkling from when I did the preparation for the show that I probably will try to spend down at defense. So I'm not going to bring in a lot of high-priced defenders. I'm pretty sure of that, uh, which means that Hakimi will probably have a tough time breaking in, into my squad. But I won't fault anyone um, for picking him because uh, he's an outstanding player. And I, I'm not afraid of Schalke or Wolfsburg in the next two weeks. And even, I mean, they, they're playing buying at home. We're not sure what that even means in these days with no crowds in the stadium. If, if it's still an advantage to play at home, I guess so. Cause like they know everything. They, they know the stadium better and, and so on. You maybe they feel more at home, but, uh, yeah, even against Bayern, why not have a good game? We, we're not sure what, how uh, all teams will look after the break, after the long break. So Hakim in consideration, I just don't think 
I will have the budget to make it work. No, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, maybe we've dived like straight into the deep end actually with a player question. And maybe we should have talked about the overall tactics coming back into this because there is a almost pre-season feel to it, isn't there, Flo, in terms of we don't really know what the landscape is going to look like afterwards and things like that. But Hakimi was someone that was shining bright before the hiatus. And he is playing in a more advanced role, providing Favre does stick with that 3-4-3 formation. So he's certainly... As, I, as Flo said, uh, worthy of consideration. Well, you know what? I'll finish the three-part question here, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna mix up these questions, and we'll talk a little bit about tactics coming into uh, you know the restart uh, in a second. But we'll finish Ignatius Bryan's questions first. So the second part is: Should I worry about having Gnabry with five substitutions? Because he now is alluding to another of these points, Flo, where we don't know the lay of the land. That you know there may be five substitutions allowed. I believe the DFL and the clubs are going to decide on that tomorrow. So that's Thursday for us we're recording on Wednesday but he's touching on another point so with Gnabry would you be worried? No uh, because I I read that the suggestion of the league will be um, to basically have three uh, substitutions possible during the match but you can do two additional at half time so if you're doing two substitutions at half times they're not counting against the three the usual these three limits and you are able to do three more substitutions in the second half. I'm, I'm not sure that that will change a lot in the Bundesliga. I just can't see many coaches like regularly doing two changes in, at half time. Yeah, that's it. The, the, the big one of the big debates going on in Germany right now is how, and I think, you know, everyone's looking at the Bundesliga and wondering how a player is going to react to this restart when they haven't really had the normal preparations uh, for a preseason, let's say. And as I say, there is that feel to it. Um, and a lot of people wondering whether more injuries may creep up as a result. But I, I mean, I agree with you. I think they'll still be reticent to cha- make changes at half time. As fantasy owners, that would be a nightmare, actually, if one of your star players was brought off at half time and you know we do have the ability to react but I think the substitutions thing I think the concern that was there pre-pandemic is is kind of the same post well you know during the pandemic right now I think you know substitutions are still a minefield that fantasy owners have to worry about uh, with players coming off and, and losing well not having the chance at more points as a result. But we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, uh, later on in the show. I'll move on to the third part because he's asking now about a third player, Flo, and he's asking about Pavel Karajabek. Uh, he's asking, is he a good option from Hoffenheim? Yeah, I think if he starts, he's a, he's a more than decent option uh, and we'll know if he's going to start. I mean, that's a good thing about this match day. No Friday match, which means we've got the lineups to uh, for five matches before we have to lock our transfers. And that's uh, like, if we go back to the basics, there's one more basic. Don't uh, confirm your transfers until the lineups for the first match are published. That will be another thing. And so we'll know if Kadarabek starts for Hoffenheim, if he's in the starting lineup. He's a decent choice. But a bit like with Hakimi, he's a bit on the expensive side for me. And that's why I probably won't have Kadarabic in my squad. 
That's interesting. I mean, that was a trend that was I, I noticed in your approach to the game uh, before the hiatus. And so you're obviously still sticking with the the low budget defenders, you know, and, and the mid tier and low tier can suffice in the current game. And I think that is, again, something that we will talk about throughout this show. But as I said, I'm going to mix up the questions now because we did have a few that were kind of touching on the strategy and overall strategy of dealing with the next nine games. And uh, we had one question that came in from two listeners, but Detox City also sent in a second question so i'm going to use this one from him but he asked do you think that form is still relevant after such a long break flow because i mean you can filter the players in the transfer market on the bundesliga fantasy game to look at their form leading up to the hiatus but uh you know where do you stand on feeling like they're going to be able to pick up where they left off or is this going to be very much some rough edges that we see in the first couple of match days in a fantasy sense it's definitely more relevant in my opinion than on the pitch so i'm 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 really curious how the match day will shape out. Uh, I think we're in for a few surprising results. So um, if you you like gambling, uh, you, you should be cautious uh, on the next match day would be my advice. Uh, in a fantasy sense, I think there are some players that just good fantasy players just because of the style of play. And that, I don't think that's going to change dramatically. What's going to change is how good a team will perform. And that brings questions of fantasy value along. So if if a team was performing well, like for instance, Cologne, the players could thrive uh, in a fantasy game as well. So, and if their form would dip, then also the fantasy returns will dip. So uh, in a way, the form is not relevant um, because I think that uh, we can't take too much out um, the form of the teams. But we know individuals are good or bad fantasy players and that's going to stick. Yeah, that's it. But I think, yeah, you talk about gamblers steering clear of the Bundesliga this weekend. I think, you know, we talk about the gambles that we take in the fantasy game as well. And I think you are right. Uh, it's a very precarious situation to be dealing with coming into match day 26. And yes, you will hear a few names throughout the show, I think, where you go, okay, those are the types of players that we're expecting to perform on a regular basis, even uh, after coming back and during the restart. I think there are some that we certainly have top of our shopping list and ultimately will be top of the points list uh, for the most part as well, because they are the ones that have been most consistent throughout the season. So I'll move on to the second question that I mentioned earlier. At Brittany Hoof, uh, he says, so good to have you guys back. Hope you and your families are safe and well. So thank you. We're glad to be back. We hope the same for all of our listeners. Uh, his question, though, he says, uh, given the fact that we don't actually know the lay of the land when it comes to the schedules for match day 27 through to 34, well, and actually, I think th- 34 and 33 are still going to be all on one day at the same time right so those don't count but what should our strategy be going forward considering the fact that for the next couple of match days we actually don't know how the fixtures are going to break out in terms of who's playing Saturday if there's going to be a Friday game we assume they're going to go back to Friday games as well and how that's all going to break down we don't know that and that's really curious because I mean it's one week out now Uh, I'm not sure what I don't have any behind the scenes info what the reason for that is but in a fantasy sense we know which fixtures will take place on a given match day. And that's the most important thing. We just don't know the kickoff times. But I mean, if, if Paderborn plays Munich on a Sunday or on a Saturday, it's not relevant to me because I won't have any Paderborn player on that match day. 
So that's basically the approach I, I would take. Look at the fixture, for instance, Frankfurt's playing at Munich next week, which is a big red flag for Frankfurt players, for me personally. And if I want to bring in a Frankfurt player this week, I'm definitely planning on selling him next week. So I'm, I think you should still plan ahead looking at the fixtures um, you just have to have a bit of luck how the kickoff times uh, will fall, but um, they won't change the fixture itself on a given match day. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely correct. Um, it really just is about the, the breakdown of where they're going to be in the kickoff slots. And I mean, this is it. Brinny Hoof also asked, should the strategy then be to simply choose the strongest possible squad for match day 26? And as you say, hope for the best when it comes to the following fixtures? No, I wouldn't say that because take the next, at least the next match day in consideration. That will be my advice. Like I said, Frankfurt is playing at Munich next week. Mainz is hosting Leipzig. Uh, Don't like that very much. Wolfsburg is playing against Dortmund at home. So there will definitely be clubs I I wouldn't be willing to load up too much on. And uh, although there might be interesting players if I just would look at the 26th match day. So I I would look ahead even if you don't know the exact kickoff times. Make a strong team for this match day, but also keep in mind that you don't dig yourself too many holes in your squad. Yeah, that's it. I mean, but I, I just wonder with considering the fact that everyone that has been playing this on a regular basis, you know, there's there's not actually much in it when it comes to the top of the overall rankings in this. I mean, you know, I think I'm in in the top 250 or something like that, and I'm just I'm wondering where the difference is going to come as we restart the season, and is it really going to be a case of if you get lucky and back the right horses on this opening match day 26, it really could make all the difference to then run home and potentially, you know, climb the rankings or even if you're at the top of the rankings, see this one out. Because we know how volatile this game is and I'm almost expecting it to potentially now be more volatile coming back into match day 26. I agree. I agree. And I expect a lot of goals, actually. We'll see about that, but... I just, I just think it, it's harder to keep the concentration if if you feel like you 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 playing in the park mm. and not not like it's the occasion probably won't feel as big for the players as with crowds in the stadium and my my reasoning would be that we might see more goals because of that. And that's interesting. Okay, I actually, I mean, uh, if anyone's listened to this show before, you'll know Flo's predictions are normally on point. I was actually going to go the opposite route and say, not that not that we won't see many goals, uh, more that I think we'll see a lot of tight games. I think, you know, the 2-1 win we saw Gladbach pick over a pickup over Köln and the only other ghost game we've seen up until now, I actually think is quite indicative of maybe what we will see. So not necessarily low scoring affairs, but very tight affairs where it's hard to separate. It's hard for a team to really get that you know, wind in their sails that sometimes the fans can help uh, facilitate. And so I I think we're all fascinated to see how it really is going to play out with no fans, given the fact that we all know that they're one of the major selling points of the Bundesliga. Of course, Germany's top flight is an international league. It has international acclaim and international audience as well. So there are plenty of fans worldwide as well. But without those fans in the stadium generating that atmosphere, it's certainly going to be very interesting to see what kind of patterns we see emerge and how how teams react to it. So uh, you now know that 
Flo and I are once again on opposite sides of the fence and Flo will most likely be on the right side of the fence. Uh, so we'll see what We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. What I, I saw the game between Valencia and Bergamo in the Champions League and Bergamo won that 4-3 at Valencia, which is probably a result we wouldn't have seen if there were, uh, would have been supporters uh, on that day. And That's just also true. I, I saw that match and it, it had basically it, it looked like uh, they were playing at a, a, a family pool. Uh, what's a Freibad in? Uh, oh, like English a okay, James. a public pool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, that's and, it. yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's it. Which, I mean, fairness, as a Bremen fan, doesn't bode well for you already. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had to do it. Well, I'm not sure you had to do it, James, but you <laughs> did it. So, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. You know, you're right. I didn't have to do it, but the opportunity was too good to pass yeah. up. So, I do apologize. But yes, let's move swiftly on because we do have two more listener questions, and they do go back to player questions. I'll start with what should be an easy one from at Benji Tonelli. He says for this week, uh, he's got three players picks he'd like he says Cordoba or Oot oh, that, that's almost a religious question for me because you know I've been like the, <laughs> the biggest Cordoba supporter ever but Oot is just playing so good and with his set piece duties I almost have to say Oot although it's really really close and maybe I end up with Cordoba but uh, I, I can give a quick spoiler. One of these two guys is going to be in my squad. So I, both are excellent choices. Yeah. I can give the same spoiler, but yeah, I, I am less married to the idea of Cordoba. I had him in my team for a couple of match days. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And yes, as you say, Oot with his set piece duties uh, is a very tempting, very tempting uh, striker to have in your squad. A second of his three player picks is Karaman or Baumgartner. Then it's Karaman oh, for really? me. Oh, really? Although I, I also, yeah, I like both, but uh, Karaman at home against Paderborn and they're playing at Cologne next week so if I plan, a, plan ahead I, I think it's, I don't have to sell him next week and he's more likely to score and I don't trust Alfred Schröder I'm not sure what he's going to do Baumgartner like we think he's going to play as a forward and he's a midfielder in the game that's true for both Karaman and Baumgartner that's why we like them but with Schroeder, we're just not sure. And Hoffenheim, like, you never know. And they're playing Labadia. First Hertha game for Bruno Labadia. And he usually knows how to get results in the short term. So that's made, uh, that makes me a bit wary uh, of, of Hertha players. Yeah, that's an interesting one, actually. I mean, they're, they're both very similar. They've both got risk attached to them, whether they're going to be in the starting lineup or not. They're both obviously cut price midfielders. Yeah, but we'll and know. Could, so could come if, big. If, that is true. You'll, you'll know with both. Yeah. yeah. So if one of them doesn't start, I, I automatically take the one who's in the starting lineup. That's... I think that's a given. Yeah, that that is true. That is a given. Um, but yeah, I actually would have maybe thought Baumgartner was more the, more likely to start. But you're right. Actually, Alfred Schroeder is exactly the type of head coach that will just pull out something up his sleeve, you know, that we're not expecting, uh, and change everything up. And maybe Munas de Boer comes straight back into the lineup. But yeah, oh, he starts, but as a centre back, yeah. <laughs> and we we won't know. <laughs> Just because of the lineup, and then yeah, uh, so uh, wouldn't wouldn't shock me the least. So uh, yeah, I, I I still like Baumgartner, but Karaman he he's basically in my in my first draft in my head. Uh, he plays an important part there. 
Okay, no, that's very interesting. Uh, well, the, the the final part of this player picks section uh, is also involving a Hoffenheim uh, and a Fortuna player, and it's Kaderzbeck or Zimmermann. So who would you go from those two? Uh, if I consider the price tag, which is much higher for Kaderzbeck than for Zimmermann, is Zimmermann by, by a mile. And if I don't consider the price tag, it would probably still be Zimmermann. So that's an easy one for me. Take Zimmermann. Yeah, I think Kadrabek. You could you could take a big gamble on him. We've seen it in the past with him. You could take a big gamble, and it could yeah, come off. Yeah, he can big. score. Yeah, but yeah, he can but score. But he's more likely to score than Zimmermann. Oh yeah, absolutely. But Zimmermann is therefore more likely to be more consistent and pick you up consistent points. And as Flo says, actually has a much more attractive price tag as well. Okay, final question from our listener questions section. It's from at Andreas Reza One. He asks best cheap assets in midfield and up front, Flo. Yeah, put together a list. Uh, we already talked about Karaman and Baumgartninger. They will be both on this list. Karaman 5.6 million, Baumgartner 7.5. If you want to go controversial, Tom Stellani might actually be worth a shot. He's 7.7 million. Both Witzel and Chan are out. I don't want to precede our Dortmund game conversation, James, but he could be on your radar. Florian Kainz is a great choice for 6.7 million, only you have the slight doubts if he's in a starting lineup. And unfortunately, Cologne is playing on Sunday, so you won't know if uh, when you lock your squad, you won't know that. But I still think he's worth a gamble. Renato Steffen, if you want to invest a bit more, it's 8.8 from Wolfsburg. And Daniel Ginczek, he's set to replace... Wout Wechost up front and uh, Ginczek, also Wolfsburg player, 9 million. He's the cheapest I would go up front. I, I can't find many enticing cheap forwards. I'm not sure if you have found any, James, but Ginczek, 9 million would be the, the lowest price tag I would, I would consider. I was wondering about Mateusz Cunha um, at 8.8 .8 for Hertha. Now, I, you, you're right, you talked about it earlier, Bruno Labbadia, in terms of working out what he's going to do with the squad. But Cunha was in fantastic form. I mean, he picked up, uh, it was 20 points on match day 25. Yeah. Um, and he had been looking very strong up front in terms of being a, a great fantasy player as well because he's very selfish in front of goal. And Good so shot. He's, he's the only other one that really popped into my mind in the in the sub 10 million bracket let's say because I think there's a there are others that could come come off good for you but there's a, a lot of risk as associated with them so I would steer clear but yeah Cunha was the only other one under 10 million so but I like the Ginchek pick as well because you're right Vekost is banned so uh, Ginchek can can do a number as well we've seen that in the past okay well we will leave it there for part one though because we are going to go through all the fixtures from match day 26 uh, and look at them in terms of what their fantasy value could be so join us again in just a jiffy when we'll do just that Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball, straight into the fixture list. And as Flo mentioned, a key, key point, we cannot stress this enough. On Saturday, you will have five fixtures of which you will know the lineups before you have to confirm your transfers. Uh, it gives you a massive edge. You could, if you wanted to, play it safe uh, and just pick players from the Saturday fixtures for a starting 11 and then have four in your back pocket. But you do have a fair few fixtures that you can use for flexibility throughout the weekend. So we will go through them all. 
And we'll start with the big one. The, the one they call the mother of all derbies. It is Dortmund against Schalke. It will certainly be an interesting one, given the fact that it's the first time that you will ever see this played behind closed doors. In terms of team news, Zagadu, Schultz, Witzel, Chan and Royce are all out for Dortmund, while Schalke will be without Kabak, uh, Stambouli and Mascarell. Now, Dortmund have won seven of their first eight Rookrunder matches. The last time they did that, they won the title, which is in 2011-12. It's also the only time they did that. It's worth pointing out as well. Meanwhile, something that maybe gives you a slight inclination of how to navigate this game as a fantasy manager... Erling Haaland and Jadon Sancho have scored more Bundesliga goals in 2020 than the entire Schalke team. They have nine and five respectively. Schalke only have four. So is it a case of steering clear of Schalke in this one flow? Yeah, definitely stay clear of Schalke. Although their most interesting player in Suatzara is going to be back this weekend, but he, he will be on my watch list and I won't fall for any Schalke players this weekend. So when it comes to Dortmund then, because that's the market we're looking at, I think we know the big names quite comfortably are Hakimi, who we've already mentioned in part one, Jadon Sancho and Erling Haaland, just in terms of their goal production or in Jadon Sancho's case, his goals and assists. But are there differential points on offer in the Dortmund side outside of that trio? Maybe uh, Delaney, I mentioned in. So if you want to save some money and still have some... Dortmund players in your squad or even you want to double up in midfield with Sancho and Delaney because you feel they will root Schalke out of the stadium then Delaney for almost um, for 7.7 .7 million is, is a good shout if for some reason Mario Götze is going to start why not so um, but I I probably couldn't pull the trigger but if you want to do something crazy and it has to start with Lucien Faber feeling a bit crazy, if you will, and giving Götze a start. But I, I heard some mumblings. He he will get more minutes, or that's what I heard, maybe uh, in, in the next weeks than before, which is not saying much because I think he, he hardly played any minutes. So that just means uh, he's going to come off the bench every now and again. <laughs> we'll, no, see. I, we'll see about that. Just like we know the starting lineup. Take a look if he's in there. Think about it. When it comes to Jaden Sancho and Erling Haaland, where are they on a on a must-have scale for you? Pretty high, especially Erling Haaland, because um, I take Timo Werner for instance. He's twenty point two million. Haaland is fourteen point two. That's a nice six million discount. I'll take that any day, and uh, he's a great player. Uh, on top of that, so uh, I think Haaland for me is. Probably the must-have up front. Even I, I would rate him even higher on my priority list than Robert Lewandowski. Wow! Yeah, just because Lewandowski had that injury and like he's he's crazy expensive, um, and and that's that's a difference. So Lewandowski has to perform much better than Haaland because he's twenty-five million. Haaland is 14, so it's like almost 11 million different. Like there's a Mark Ut gap <laughs> in the market value between Haaland and uh, Robert Lewandowski, a Mark Ut size gap. Well, that's, that's interesting. I mean, okay, then let, let me build on this a little bit because it's interesting to hear your thoughts. At one point this season, it was almost a must 
to have Lewandowski, Haaland and Werner. Yeah. It, it almost seemed like that was the only way you could even stay in contention. Do you, that's not the case anymore in your eyes then? Uh, I would love to, to have four strikers for this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Because we right. talked about the big three, Haaland, Werner, Lewandowski. I like them. All three I like very much. Lewandowski is 25 million, Werner's 20.2, and Haaland 14.2. And then we've got the Cologne strikers, Ud or Cordoba. And they both give you flexibility. And I, I both like them, both having two home games in a row. So that's, for me, the debate is I have to scratch one of these four players. And I'm not sure what I'm going I'll, to I'll do. Be, I'll be honest. It might happen that I scratch Lewandowski just because... I've he, got a fifth name. Yeah. Lucas Alario keeps tempting me, Flo. Oh, no. No? <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, his starting place is in so... Uh, like, he, it's really questionable if he's going to start. You think? So uh, with Folland out? Would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't play with Folland out the last time out. And, and Paulinho did score twice in that game, I think. So... Uh, uh, Harvard's played up front, so that's... Uh, I wouldn't touch Alario, but these four strikers, or actually five strikers, if you like Oud and Cordoba is a debate of its own. But if you have to scratch one of them, that's that's the toughest decision for me uh, going into that match day. And Haaland is definitely not the guy I'm going to scratch. Interesting. Okay, I did not expect you to rain on my Alario parade quite that way. I thought you'd actually be on board with that uh, uh, that decision. So that's an, that's an interesting. Maybe you've just talked me out of that completely. Uh, it makes my life a little bit easier then. But no, you are right. It, there is a bit of a headache up front, even if you have five players or six players in consideration, uh, because that big three is hard to crack. Uh, no doubt about it. So yeah, interesting to get your thoughts on that. But let's move on to Augsburg against Wolfsburg. Now for Augsburg, Finn Bogerson, there are doubts about his fitness and whether he'll be available for Wolfsburg as we've mentioned Weghorst is banned meanwhile Gerhard, Gilavogi and William are all out injured now Augsburg have lost four of their last five Bundesliga matches and against Wolfsburg are actually winless in their last four meetings the question I think flow for fantasy owners here is where are the hidden gems in this fixture oh, that's a that's a tough question because that's one of the fixtures I like the least going into the match day I have to admit if Raphael Framberger is in a starting lineup, he's probably the only one who has a real shot to make my team just because of he's so cheap with 3.6 million. He's the right back of Augsburg. And Augsburg is one of the teams that started uh, training the earliest after the break. I think they started at the start of April. Uh, and if you compare that to... Um, Bremen and Mainz, I think they started last Wednesday or last Thursday. So there's basically Augsburg is, is doing practice on the pitch for months longer than other teams in the league. So that's how what we've got to deal with. So it wouldn't shock me uh, if, if Augsburg can surprise Wolfsburg here. So Frambeger would be the one. Talked about Daniel Ginczek before, 9 million. And also Renato Steffen, 8.8 .8 million. It's funny because I said the only guy who has a chance breaking into my team is Framberger. But I wrote down Renato Steffen as my player pick. That's because I think that Framberger is actually not the greatest player you can add to your fantasy team. 
It's just like I want to save some money. So I'm I'm not yeah. recommending. I'm not recommend like this is a stunt putting Framberger in your team. I'm not recommending for you guys at home. If I'm, I may phrase it that way. Uh, so I, I would go the Renato Steffen route if he's in the starting lineup. He actually can um, have very good performances. So I don't mind him for 8.8 .8 million. Uh, I, I just don't feel like I personally will go there because there are so many high-priced, good midfielders and strikers that I, I, I probably will, won't fall into the mid-price midfielder category that much. It's, that's really interesting you say that because I was actually thinking of doing the same thing myself in terms of really just going for the high ticket items in, in midfield necessarily. It's interesting because, I mean, you know, Augsburg, got, as you said, they were back in training early. They also have, of course, a new head coach in charge in Heiko Herrlich. So we don't really know how it's all going to necessarily pan out for them when they do return. But they've got Wolfsburg in their first fixture. They got Schalke after that. But then uh, the three, the four games that follow are actually Paderborn, Hertha, Köln and Mainz, which are all those kind of relegation dogfights. But those are the games they need to win so maybe with Augsburg, it's a case of waiting to see how they fare on the first two games back before delving into that market. Of course, they also do have Philip Max. I know, Flo, you won't be going for him because he is too high priced as a defender, but he is the highest scoring defender in the Bundesliga uh, this season. So he's worth still having on the radar as well. But as I said, I would maybe at 12.4 million, maybe just err on the side of caution of saying, wait two games, see how Augsburg uh, are looking, what their trends are looking like. Will Max still be as prominent under Herrlich uh, and then make decisions after that? But let's move yeah, on but James, to uh, our next game. Yeah, uh, go for it. You know how I hate it when I have to correct you, what? but Ashraf Hakimi is the highest scoring defender. Oh, sorry. I, sorry, I was... And then it's Sorry. Kimmich, then it's Günther, and then it's Philip Max. I, I do apologize. So. I was talking in terms of goals scored in the Bundesliga, but, but you are oh, correct. Okay. I didn't, no, no, Sorry. no, it's okay. You are correct. I did not make that clear. So thank you very much for correcting <laughs> me on the fantasy sense. But yeah, he's got seven goals this season. Hinteregger's got six, and I think it's Bornau on five. So. We're both right. Uh, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. That's okay. Um, but let's let's move on to the next game. Uh, Hoffenheim against Hertha. One that we've already kind of touched on because it is, is an interesting one. Uh, for Hoffenheim, Belfordil, Adamian, Kramerich all out. For Hertha, Derrida is banned and Rekic's out injured. Now, Hoffenheim have lost seven of their 13 home league matches so far this season. Meanwhile, Hertha are actually unbeaten in their last five Bundesliga away games. Uh, the club record, incidentally, is eight. But I wanted to talk about Hoffenheim flow because you're right. Schroeder isn't, you know, he's a mixed bag, but their fixtures do look very good. Their next five, uh, a Hertha at home, Paderborn away, Köln at home, and then they've got Mainz and Dusseldorf away as well. That makes me think that they are not necessarily the most uninvestable team. They aren't. But the problem is, even at the times when they were performing good in the Bundesliga, there weren't any real good fantasy assets out of Hoffenheim. And I'm afraid that might be the case again, even if they um, pick up uh, a lot of points in the Bundesliga. That doesn't necessarily translate to the fantasy game with Hoffenheim, I'm afraid. So we talked about Baumgartner. He would be um, the guy I would look at. And maybe, that's another maybe, if Brun Larsen is in a starting lineup, 
He's 6.4 million. He could be a guy if you want to save some budget. But on the other hand, I think he's a striker in the game, which means for me personally, he's off the table, totally off the table. Because uh, I already talked about the four guys that's, um, that are giving me headaches to choose. But if you want to go budget up front and controversial or differential, I should say, controversial <laughs> might be the case as well. But Brun Larsen 6.4 if he's in the starting lineup. But the safest bet probably is uh, Baumgartner, Christoph Baumgartner, 7.5 million. And I like him as a player. He's just not that consistent as a fantasy player, although he plays in a very attacking role. Yeah, that's it. I think we became, especially under Nagelsmann flow, we became very accustomed to having Hoffenheim players be very reliable sources of fantasy points, whether that was Demirbay or even Kramerich when he was fit or Benjamin Hubner back in the day when he was an absolute monster on the fantasy game. Um, and we're not seeing that anymore. And you're right, that was a trend in uh, the season that we've seen so far. And I'm not necessarily sure that we'll see that change. So that's I'm glad that you uh, answered that question the way you did, because it was the point that I wanted to reinforce. Uh, quickly on Hertha, do we do we trust them to turn things around under Labadia, or are you looking at them really as a steer clear for now? But if things do look like they're trending in a positive fashion, you can jump on those bandwagons. Yeah, you 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 took the words right out of my mouth, James. That, that's what. That's a, that's a huge that, compliment. So I wouldn't touch Hertha right now. Maybe Maxi Mittelstädt. If Plattenhardt and Mittelstädt are both in the starting lineup. That would mean that Mittelstädt will play as a winger. He's a defender in the game and his price tag is 7 million. That would be the only way for me to invest in a Hertha player. I, you know what? I, I, I know I mentioned Kunja earlier, but I actually couldn't agree with you more. I think that's, that would be the only way that I could be tempted. But if, if Plattenhardt doesn't play and Mittelstädt plays and he's playing as a left back, I don't think it's worth it, even if he's just 7 million. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, should we move on to the next game then? Yeah. Fortuna Paderborn is next up. Uh, now for Fortuna, Zach Steffen, uh, Tekpete and Kovnatsky are all out injured for Paderborn. They'll just be missing Streli Mamba, uh, you know, a man of, of great fame, uh, this season, given his, uh, antics against Dortmund. But for Fortuna, they have actually only lost one of six Bundesliga games under their new head coach, Rössler. Uh, the question is, Flo, a bit like Augsburg, Wolfsburg, is this a market where you've been really different? Into. Yeah, I, I like that game pretty much, uh, very much, I have to say. So uh, Fortuna plays are high on my shopping list. We already talked about Zimmermann and Karaman and both have very good chances to make it into my squad. And I also have got a crush on Kai Pröger of Paderborn. He's just too expensive for a Paderborn player. So yeah. that's... <laughs> Yeah, I think he's 8.6 or something like that. I'll, I'll look it up. I'm, I'll take a quick look. But yeah, 8.6. I, I just like him uh, as a player and his style suits the fantasy game. Very good. It's not the worst 8.6 million you could spend. I just, I'm, I can't go there probably because it just have five spots in midfield. And if you want to, to buy in the Sancho's, Nabris and Harvards of this world, you... It's tough to slide in Kai Pröger, but yeah. I, I think this might be a good fantasy game. We haven't talked goalkeepers, but two of the most interesting goalkeepers are playing in that match. It's Zingale, 4.2 million for Paderborn. 
and Kastenmeier uh, of Düsseldorf. I personally didn't go for Kastenmeier because I had my doubts how long Zach Steffen will need to return, but he's still not fit, which makes me feeling pretty safe with Kastenmeier. So he will be my first choice as a goalkeeper because he's just one million and then decide what your second keeper should be. Yeah, that's it. But I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. Singler and Kastenmeier are two of those that when people out there are looking for cheap goalkeeping combinations, not great to go for both of them on this match day because they're playing against each other. And of course, you can't stagger those match days. But there are a couple of other keepers that aren't too expensive out there that you can uh, look to when you're looking for flexibility uh, in the fixture list this weekend. I mean, you've got uh, Florian Muller of Mainz uh, comes to mind straight away. So uh, immediately you'd have someone maybe from a three uh, 30 kickoff and then maybe have Florian Muller of Mainz in your back pocket on the Sunday as well so yeah, yeah. or you go with Schubert that's We're, the other one we right? haven't yeah. talked about Schubert he's the number one at Schalke and he's also just one million so you could put in Kastenmeier and Schubert and spend the absolute minimum at the goalkeeper position you still would have two players who are the number one and although the Schubert and uh, Kastenmeier are playing at the same time at the first match day since we don't know how the schedule might look like in the long run they, it could be the better combination than Müller uh, and Kastenmeier we just don't know I was going to say that's, that's where the fixture list is actually the biggest headache is yeah. with goalkeepers isn't yeah. it I, I agree and that's why I may be I'm tempted to go Schubert Kastenmeier just because like now you're you're investing in, in Müller and Kastenmeier because you think they're not playing on the same kickoff time and then they're having the same kickoff time the next five match days. That could very easily happen. So uh, then why spend, I think Müller is 5.2. So you could could save a bit of money and I've got the feeling that I need all my money to get the players I want. Well, I was going to say, based on the way you're talking about your front line and your midfield, yeah, I'm getting that impression as well, Flo. <laughs> Absolutely. It's 5.3. Miller is 5.3. Yeah, see, that's it, because we had Zentner, but Zentner's out with an ACL injury, um, and so that's why, yeah, he unfortunately is is not really a viable option anymore, despite the fact that, as a you know, in terms of his price, was was fantastic for a while. Okay, should we move on to the final game of the 3.30 kickoffs then? Leipzig against Freiburg, because we will talk about goalkeepers as well, I think uh, later well actually you know what no that probably does cover the goalkeeper talk given the fact that we've already talked about Florian Muller but I think you, you can definitely get a good combination out of the ones that we have mentioned there so let's move on Leipzig Freiburg uh, now Open Meccano is out it may also be too early for Willy Orban and uh, Ibrahima Konate to make their return for Freiburg Kubler is the only absentee now uh, there's a couple of interesting options up front in the Leipzig lineup and again we wait to see how they're exactly line up up. But Timo Werner uh, has scored more goals against Freiburg than against any other Bundesliga club. 10 in 11 games. He had a bit of competition from Patrick Schick um, to before the, you know, before the season got called off for a bit flow. Do you anticipate that changing or staying the same? Could be. I mean, if Schick, uh, Schick is in the starting lineup, he would be the differential pick. And just thinking, if I don't want Werner in my squad, that that leaves Lewandowski, Haaland and one Cologne striker for me. I'm not sure that then I would say, yeah, I don't buy Werner, I'm going with Schick. But he's he's a totally viable option. 
So I, I think the upfront is the toughest, the toughest decisions you you'll have to make. But Angelino and Ikunku, if they are in the starting lineup, they are my fantasy team. Period. Well, the, yeah, this is it. I mean, Leipzig. Okay, we 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 can't make any guarantees that the season will be completed um, because this, you know, it's a volatile situation that's changing on a, a regular basis with the coronavirus. But if we do uh, assume that that will happen, Leipzig, I was looking at the fixture list and if you compare their fixtures to Bayern and Dortmund's, they certainly have the easiest run from now until the end of the season. They only have Dortmund to face who are currently in the top seven um, in the last seven games. So like, what's the strategy with Leipzig? Is it is it really a case of jump on as many bandwagons as possible then? Yeah. But as the older, not the older listeners, the, the listeners who follow us for some time know, I usually don't like to have more than three players out of one club because I don't like to double up on a certain position um, of one club. But three Leipzig players will probably be in my team. Although I'm not sure up front with Werner, but at least Angelino and Nkunku uh, two of like my my focal points for this match day and also for the rest of the season. But I think it's, sh- you should invest in Leipzig. Uh, especially we talked about Augsburg starting early. Same goes through to Leipzig. So they're basically start of April. They were out on the pitch. And um, they are probably the best prepared team uh, after this break. So... Wouldn't surprise me if they would have a field day against Freiburg. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you pick the three players there, Angelino, Unkunku and Werner. And I think I was looking at their their fixtures and their squad and going, right, who are the big debate points? It's Angelino versus Mukiela, who's a bit uh, more expensive. I believe he's 9.6, so a million more than Angelino. In midfield, you've got Unkunku against Sabitzer, but Sabitzer's dropped into a deeper role now under Nagelsmann since Demmer left, and Unkunku's certainly thriving more. And then you do have the Werner-Schick debate up front as well. So you've got your three picks there. I think those are all valiant picks. I think of the six that I just mentioned, you're not really going to go wrong anywhere. It's a shame that Marcel Hausenberg doesn't really play in uh, a role anymore, but given the fact that he costs, you know, over five million more than both Angelino and uh, Mukiela. It doesn't come as too much of a surprise when, as Flo mentions, your budget should probably be prioritised further up front, especially with nine games left in the season. Let's move on to the Saturday evening fixture. Another interesting one: Eintracht against Gladbach. Now, Dost, there are doubts about his fitness. Meanwhile, Gladbach will be without uh, Dennis Zakaria. Now, Eintracht took ten points from their first four matches in 2020, but they have lost their last three, conceding ten and just scoring one. They're one of those teams that I think will have been grateful for the break and maybe a chance to hit the reset button a little bit. But is this a game flow where you think that will provide fantasy dividends? I'm not sure with this game. I, I, like, and I rem- if I remember correctly, it's been a while, James. But the last top matches, like the Saturday evening matches, I didn't like in a fantasy sense, and it's the same here. You're it's correct. The same here. There's so many question marks uh, regarding the lineups of both teams. Too much for my liking. And I'm not sure how, how the game will break. Um, that's another minus, in my opinion. And I think Frankfurt is playing at Munich next week. That's also a big minus f- for me. And uh, so all in all, I, I, I don't think 
uh, I think it's likely that I don't have any player out of this match. No, I mean, it's an interesting one, right? We do look to the Saturday evening game for flexibility in the fixture list, but I do agree with you, and I think you are right. Most of your gut feelings with the Saturday evening games recently uh, leading up to the hiatus were bad, and they were proven correct most of the time. And, you know, Gladbach, they do have some interesting players in there. You've got the the Tarams, the Alassane players. Uh, Lars Stindl, you know, scored five and assisted one in his last four Bundesliga games. He was really in form uh, and playing an integral role for them. But I, I agree. I don't think this is the most attractive fantasy fixture out there this weekend. Uh, we did have a question from a listener, though. I will ask at Hafid FW asks, what are the best Frankfurt assets in midfield? Because we all know about Philip Kostic. But is there anyone else out there? Uh, it has to be Kostic. If it would be a Saturday afternoon kickoff and Kamada would be in the starting lineup, that would intrigue me for 6.6 million. That's the price tag of Kamada. But since it's the evening game, we have to confirm our transfers before the kickoff. I just don't feel comfortable um, picking one of the Frankfurt players, even a guy like Touré, uh, defender, great value, under 4 million. Maybe it's Da Costa time again now. And... I'm just, I don't feel sure about that. And as long as Hütter doesn't give us any clarity on the presser, which I doubt he'll do, um, I'll stay clear. Because you talked about it in the basics. One of the most basic things about the fantasy game, your players have to be on the pitch to accumulate points. It does does help. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to make sure they, they are on the pitch. And if I'm not feeling comfortable predicting the lineup, then my usual re- reaction is to stay clear. Yeah, it's interesting. I, if I'm honest, when I was thinking about fantasy players coming into the restart, I was going, oh, which are the players that I believe will still be in really good condition, be able to go 90 minutes, still be able to perform at a, at a very high level despite you know this, this break um, whose performance levels won't drop. Kostic was one of those players. He's such a machine and has been this season that I believe that he would have kept himself in peak physical condition throughout the break even. And then I looked at their fixtures and I went, oh, no. Um, and that was the problem. Kostic was a very enticing option, but Frankfurt's fixtures are not that attractive. So I think I'm with you. I'm going to be steering clear of them as well. Okay, let's move on swiftly then to the Sunday games. Köln against Mainz is the first of these standalone fixtures because, as we said, if we don't have flexibility from Saturday evening, we're definitely looking to Sunday and Monday this time for flexibility. And Köln against Mainz is one that we've talked up a little bit already. Um, now, based purely on the second half of the season... Köln would actually be fourth in the standings. Mark Ute is someone we've mentioned. He's been on an absolute tear, but he's uh, scored more goals against Mainz, six in nine games, than against any other Bundesliga club. The question, I think, Flo, really with this, Cordoba, Kainz, Oot, Hector, even Katabach, Jakobs, are Köln's assets still as attractive as they were before the hiatus? We won't know that. Or I don't know that. Oh, come on. Get, you, get your through. mystic ball out. I, I, need, I need answers, Blum. Yeah, then I say <laughs> yes. I think so. I, I think Cologne will have a good start. They have two home games in a row, although without their supporters. Um, I mean, Cologne is one of the teams that got hit by Corona. So Ismail Jacobs, one of our favorites, James, was one of the guys... Uh, were infected. His quarantine ends on Thursday and he's scheduled to be 
back with the squad immediately because he basically hasn't shown any symptoms from what I've gathered. I'm still not sure that he's going to be in a starting lineup, which is a like that's that's a pity because Jakobs was a great budget defender pick, just just a guy I would uh, I'm looking for this weekend. But uh, yeah, I think all in all, at least I'm I'm going to have a Cologne player in every position is likely. Inter- interesting in every position. I've been doing the two of three debate. And then the debate really is whether it's Kainz or Oot that comes into my starting lineup. If I don't pick Oot and I go for a, let's say, more high-profile front line, then I think Kainz will be a midfield pick. Whereas, yeah, if I pick Oot up front, then I think I'll steer clear of Kainz. It's it's an interesting one, but I like you are right. They are an attractive prospect and they were before the hiatus. I think Gisdol will have made sure that they maintained motivation. It just, it really is this big question with all the teams of where exactly performance levels will be at. Um, but Köln, in the fantasy sense, have so many great options for us. Yeah, uh, I agree. Who would be who would be top of the list then? Top of the list is my super Schnäppchen. Um, so I'm not going to mention that name. Uh-huh. I'm going with Florian Kainz, 6.7 as a midfielder. He's not risk-free because, like, after two months break, we're not sh- like you can't be a hundred percent sure how the starting lineup will look. But Kainz, in my opinion, has done enough to earn a place in the starting eleven against Mainz. And if he's on the pitch, he's just a fantasy beast. He shoots, he takes set pieces, he does it all. And uh, for under seven million, yeah, he's my guy. And he, he has a lovely, lovely uh, surname. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, it's, I think he's, uh, I want to say he's been invived, involved in five goals in his last five Bundesliga matches before the hiatus. So if he can keep that form going, then you are right. He is a fantastic fantasy option. So I think you're right to have him, if not top of your list, very near the top of your list. Okay, Sunday's game though. Union against Bayern. An interesting one, because again, I think the temptation will be to jump headfirst into the Bayern market. They are unbeaten in 15 competitive matches, 11 in the Bundesliga. Uh, meanwhile, someone like Serge Gnabry, it's worth pointing out, his form, he's scored seven goals and provided four assists in his last 10 Bundesliga appearances. Now, a question from a listener, an important one as well, at Shiva FPL, asked Lewandowski was out with injury before the stoppage. Will he be eased back into the lineup? I think it's fair to say, Flo. Uh, Bayern not only don't have that luxury, because they don't really have a backup striker outside of Joshua Turksey, even though he performed very well. The fact is, someone like Lewandowski won't want to be eased into the lineup. He's going to be straight back in there looking to get amongst the goals. So the question is, are we all aboard the Lewandowski bandwagon again? Yes. But like I said, he's not indispensable. I would love to have him in my squad. I would love to have four strikers. But since I can't have that, I, I haven't ended the Lewandowski debate for my team personally. But to answer the question, I agree with you. I don't think they will ease him in. He's at 25 goals right now, if I remember that correctly. And I mean, it's not out of the question, nine games to go. The all-time record for Bundesliga goals is 40. That has a legendary ring in Germany. Because it's a, it's a very old record in the 70s. Of course, it was Gerd Müller. So I think if there's some chance of breaking that record, that Bayern will do everything they can. So even if they are four or five goals at Union, 
I'm not saying that will happen, but it could. I'm not sure that they take Lewandowski off. Could be that they say, score as many goals as you like, especially since we don't know what's happened with the Champions League. It's not like they have to plan for different uh, competitions right now. They're playing this game this week and then they're playing next week and who knows what's going to happen. So I, I don't think they'll ease Levy in. Yeah, that's it. I mentioned that list of players that I was thinking who are, you know, who just wouldn't be affected and whose performance levels I would believe would be maintained. Lewandowski was top of that list. Kostic was a close second. Um, so I, yeah, I think Lewandowski, he was, I mean, you're still in the, you're still debating with him. And I get that because of the price tag. For me, he was the first guy that was back into my lineup with unlimited transfers because I remember going into the hiatus and around about then we were wondering, right, how do we get Lewandowski's out injured? That's fine. I can get rid of him. I've got some more money, but how am I going to get him back in when he does return? And fortunately, unlimited transfers has made that uh, a little bit easier. Um, in terms, so if we're looking outside of Lewandowski, Bayern have got a couple more must-haves, or that would be very high on people's shopping lists, and rightly so, right, Flo? Yeah, of course. You're, you're talking Session Abri and Joshua Kimmich. Indeed, I, I'm not sure I can make Joshua Kimmich work, work in my squad. Oh, inter- I thought you'd maybe go Kimmich and then for very low it, price, but you're going all low. I, I haven't done my first draw, and that's when I'm. I know that I would like to have. Joshua Kimmich, of course, he's a fine player, but he's also almost 20 million. Like, that's that's a lot to play for a defender, although a great defender. But if you take his, like, the whole season, there are players, like Christian Günther of Freiburg has more points accumulated, I think, than Kimmich. Or he's he's close to him. Uh, I'm not 100%. I think he's, he's close. Günther's at three and Kimmich at two and... Hakimi is the highest scoring defender. So I'm not sure I want to pay up there. So Kimi is definitely not a must have for me. Nabri, on the other hand, I wouldn't overthink things with Nabri, especially with Tolisso and Coutinho out. He's such a great uh, form. He's a great player. 19.5 million. Uh, he's in my squad. Yeah, I think. Rightly so. He'll be one of the first names on a lot of people's team sheets. Uh, and I think, yeah, he's he's definitely up there with me as well. Uh, I think Gnabry is a must-have because he was in sensational form before the stop-in play. Shall we close out the show then with the final game? Uh, Monday night's fixture, Bremen against Leverkusen. Now, uh, close your ears, Flo, but Bre- Bremen have lost their last six home games in a row, uh. <laughs> failing to score in five. Only Bayern Munich, meanwhile, and Borussia Dortmund have collected more points than Leverkusen in 2020. So, I know you've got, uh, you know, Bremen blood pumping through you, but how are you feeling about this final game from a fantasy perspective? Good if I uh, have Leverkusen players in my squad. And uh, thanks, James, for not pointing out that should Bremen fail to score against Leverkusen, it would be a Bundesliga record. Six home games without even scoring a goal. So... Fingers crossed we uh, can take something out of the season and, and that's being in the history books. So uh, that that could definitely happen. The silver yeah. lining, eh? I think there's so much going on at Bremen right now because they were like one of, I said that before, one of two clubs that didn't want to return to football this weekend. Um, that's Mainz and Bremen because both of these clubs couldn't train until last week so they didn't even have two weeks of 
preparation for that match day. And I mean, I've, I've seen Bremen games when they were prepared for a match, this match day. So I can't imagine how that looks if they aren't prepared. So <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> yeah, yes, I, I think it's uh, really, I, I don't want to find excuses, but it's definitely a disadvantage. And with all the stuff that's going on and all the pushback that's coming from the other clubs, like no one's talking about mines because no one cares, basically. But everyone's pushing back at Bremen and it's, I, I think it's a tough, a very tough situation for the whole club. Leverkusen will be the better prepared team and they are the better teams, even if both teams are equally prepared. Um, Brim still has a lot of injury problems. Pissarro also had a muscle tear now. And I mean, they have a pretty bad season. Sorry, James, for, for having a, a, a small rant here. Oh, yeah, no, go but, for it. But what, what like the medical stuff is doing, that's even worse than that, what the players are doing on the pitch. I mean, Toprak and Merval, both of these guys were basically week to week when... Uh, when the break started and both are still out with Merval, they had news that he will be back in March. So if I, like, if I look at my calendar, I'm, I mean, it blurred a bit in the last two months, but it's <laughs> May now. Yeah. And they're now saying they're not expecting Merval back this season, which is scheduled for taking place until June. So, they had a player, they were saying he's going to be back in March and he can't make it till the end of June. So what's wrong with you guys? I, I Really, I'm, I'm lost for words. And same with Toprak. After his injury, they said, no, it's not a big deal. He will be back soon. And now it's two and a half months later, still not able to play. So what are these people doing? Uh, and, and why like give news blips about the re possible return of a player when it's like it's miles off yeah, really you, you, you tell them Flo you tell them no I, yeah. I, <laughs> I wish I wish we had the answers it's so, for you it's so but, frustrating yeah I think it's, I, I think you know ultimately there were questions being asked of Bremen's medical department before the hiatus because of all the injuries that you guys have suffered this season and it's only going to bring up more yeah but I, I don't understand it um, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure we have, we've talked about the Augustinsson injury that he had during his rear time playing bowling. I mean, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the stuff that happens right now at Bremen. I, I just don't, like, I don't see a way they're getting anything out of this game against Leverkusen. The only hope is that Leverkusen basically, uh, thinks the game is done and does something stupid. I don't expect that because they have a lot to play for sitting in fifth place. So having a shot at playing in the Champions League. Yeah, I expect they get three points here pretty easily. Um, and uh, I think like all things that could go wrong with Bremen this year, they, they basically have gone wrong. And uh, unfortunately, my, my hopes of that changing are, are, are pretty slim.
Uh, yeah. And not this week. It's, it's one of those, I, I, I think you are right, everything this season that could go against you has gone against you. And I was I was hoping that maybe you guys would, you know, come out really motivated after the restart and, you know, everything's on the line, relegation's on the line. So you're just going to find that extra, like, gear to go into. But I, 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 I do agree with you, the... It's hard. It's hard to be optimistic with Bremen. Um, I'm just. I do. I do hope that they maybe are able to turn it around because that would be a, a nice little story. Given the hardship that they have faced this season, that uh, despite everything they've gone up against, they still managed to claw their way out of it. So my fingers are crossed, you, my friend. But uh, shall we ask the question as well in a fantasy sense? Which players are you looking at from this game? Uh, Kai Havertz. Uh, he's actually one of my favorite picks because uh, there's a good chance that he's going to play up front as a striker he's in pretty good shape and he's playing Bremen so like there are a lot of arguments in his favor and uh, Havertz and Nabri they're basically a lock to be in my midfield and I'll figure the rest out then <laughs> yeah yeah just build around them uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good foundation uh, to say the very least no doubt about it so let's close out today's show we've gone through all the fixtures we hope we've given you enough ammunition to use this weekend in the Bundesliga fantasy game but we do have a few little bits and bobs left and they are our player choices this is what we do every week uh, we've got three categories the Vegas choice the Super Schnepchen and the Banker the Vegas choice is one that's a bit outside the box the Super Schnepchen is your budget buster and the banker is the must have so Vegas choice flow who are you going for uh, I actually had the guy you will pick in mind but I'm going with Christoph Baumgartner here 7.5 million already mentioned him I think he's a he's a good choice he can go wrong definitely but uh, he, he could also have a glorious glorious uh, match and that's what I'm looking at at a, a Vegas choice for 7.5 but if I have to be honest I would I personally would prefer the guy you uh, will name oh, that's fair enough I, I thank you very much for boosting my ego there as well um, but yeah I, I have gone for Florian Kainz because again Vegas choice we've talked about the fact that it's an if he's in the starting lineup but I think the prospects are certainly very good 6.7 million so it's a little cheaper than Bount Gartner as well um, but as he says we, he'll share set piece duties with Oot um, a very dangerous player very selfish player great as a fantasy asset uh, and as I mentioned as well it was five goal involvements in his last five games before the hiatus so Florian Kainz is a great choice and it's got the backing of Flo as well which I think is actually more important if you've listened to this show for any length of time um, but anyway super snapshot Flo who's your budget buster? Uh, it's Noah Katterbach, one million left back of Cologne. I had an injury break before uh, we had the Bundesliga pause, but I'm pretty confident that he'll be back in the starting lineup and he's a stone minimum prize. And we've seen good games from him. I, I would prefer Ismail Jakobs. So maybe Jakobs is a Vegas choice, but um, because there's some talk of him actually being back in the starting lineup after being too weak in quarantine with Corona. I, ju I just don't see it. Jakobs is also a defender for Cologne. He plays as a winger. 1.9 million, his price tag. But I'm going the safer route here and, and picking Noah Katterbach. And he, like, if I'm going to create my team as I think, there's no way probably for me around choosing Katterbach as my defender. 
That's interesting. He was the one in the back pocket that you were kind of keeping for the end of the show. So it's, it's good to hear his name mentioned because, yeah, as you say, with Jakobs, but you know, a, a bigger risk. I think Katterbach, uh, it could be a great choice as well. And let's be honest, he's he's shown very good things when he has been able to play, even if we haven't seen that really breakout fantasy performance where he scores really big yet um, at one million. I think you can live with that. Um, I think it's fair to say. I've gone with a defender as well for my super schnepchen, uh, and it is a player we've mentioned, Matthias Zimmermann of Fortuna Dusseldorf, 4.8 million. Flo has talked him up enough. I've picked him as my super schnepchen. He's a great asset if he's in the starting line at 4 Fortuna against Paderborn this weekend but maybe moving forward as well so I won't uh, go into too much detail with him instead I'll move swiftly on to the banker the must have for this weekend flow who have you gone for I'm going with Kai Havertz here I I, I, talk, I already talked about him so uh, I, I don't have much to add on that uh, I think everything lines up perfectly for him he's closing out the match day He's probably my one involvement I'll have in that match, and that's perfect. That's I, I, I usually want one player of the last kick of time is like the ideal amount, I think. If you've got too many, you can't swap them out. That's the only guys you can't swap out on a match day. So, yeah, Harvard's perfect pick this match day. And maybe I'm trying to reverse jinx it. Uh, and picking Harvard as my banker to him then have a bad game and Brahim get something out. Maybe that's a deep psychology there, but... I feel I feel like you tried that on match day 25 or 24 and it didn't quite work out for you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That was Philip Max, wasn't it? I feel like it was Philip yeah. Max that you did that with. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he sucked in a fantasy sense and Augsburg still won against Bremen. And now I remember that, James. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Exactly. It, that's kind of, it worked out, but it didn't happen. work out. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope that oh. doesn't replay and Harvard scores. Three goals, I would be so happy about So it's, it's, it's either th- he scores three goals or Bremen win. It's either or. We can't have this grey area in the middle where it's kind of a bit of both. No, I agree with you. I think Harvard is a great pick this weekend. And it, to be honest, I was thinking about my banker and I actually hadn't written anything down. And the reason was, I mean, Lewandowski, Gnabry, Sancho, Nkunku, Werner, like these guys all seem like such obvious picks. But the problem is I think you need these obvious picks, especially with unlimited transfers, with the game coming back. And we are looking for the players that, or yeah, I was going to say we can't guarantee it, but they come as close to guaranteeing us good returns as possible. And I think top of my list would be Timo Werner um, this weekend. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 it was between him and Nkunku, but I think Werner, I like his record uh, against Freiburg. He does have a very good record and I have a feeling he is going to be one of those players that comes back really motivated. You also talked about Leipzig having more preparation. I think that's going to help them. I trust Nagelsmann to get the best out of his players, given the fact he's talking about using the last nine games almost as a European championship, yeah, right? almost yeah. as a World Cup, right? Um, which is an interesting psychology, but those are the types of things that make me think Leipzig are going to be a great market to invest in. I may even go beyond the three players that Flo mentioned, but Werner's top of my list. Okay. Yeah, fair point. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence, not as a fantasy asset, but just like three places. So that's that's the toughest question. Well, that's, I'll be Okay, do you want to know why this is coming up? Because Werner and Kunku, I think, are guarantees in my lineup. And I can't I'm struggling with the debate between Angelino and Mukiela, and I'm starting to think I might just get both of them. Interesting. 
throw that out there right some a golden nugget there at the end of the show uh, to keep you guessing but we will leave it there uh, for this week's talking foosball fantasy episode we've done a bumper episode but we were always going to do that for the return of the bundesliga this weekend we hope we have helped we hope we've given you ammunition as i mentioned earlier to help you with your fantasy choices this weekend don't forget uh, to follow us at talking foosball on twitter give us a like on facebook and if you haven't yet join the talking foosball fantasy league in the bundesliga.com fantasy game for now from me your host James Sorrow Good Flow and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew Auf Wiederhören Auf Wiederhören